The Author Hangout, episode number 50. Welcome to The Author Hangout, where we interview best-selling authors and experts in the book publishing industry to reveal the tips and advice you need to succeed as an author in today's publishing landscape. Enjoy the show. Hey there, Sean Manaher here. Welcome to another episode of The Author Hangout, where authors like you learn how to sell more books through the lessons, experiences, and wisdom from their fellow authors. Today, we are moving into part two of our three-part series, Book Marketing Tips from Experts. I am so excited about today's episode because we have another seven individuals who have answered the question, what would you do if you were starting all over again as a self-published author? And many of these answers are answers that you're very familiar with, but I want you to listen in today to hear what folks have to say and listen into the insights that each individual has brought about because they're coming from this with lots of experience and lots of opportunity for us to learn from them. So let's get started with the first one in hearing from Joe Lalo about what he has to say about starting all over again. Okay, well, one thing I would say, especially if I was first starting off, is get yourself a mailing list started. Like, I can't, I cannot impress upon you enough how valuable it is to have a list of dedicated fans who you can get your message into their mailbox. So, start a mailing list. Uh, I use MailChimp. It's very simple. It's free for the first two thousand, and once you've got two thousand, you're earning enough money that it's worth paying. So, number one, get a mailing list. Number two. You should make yourself available to your fans through whatever means they want. That means number one, putting it in any store where they want to buy their where they want to buy their books. I don't like exclusivity. I've seen a lot of people have a lot of success with Kindle Select, which is the exclusive Kindle deal. But I like to have my stuff in every store that people are likely to want to buy stuff at. And mm-hmm. I also like to be available in every social media outlet that people might want to contact me through. Even though I can't stay active in all of them. Just being able to, you know, if somebody is on Tumblr and they decide, oh, I wonder if my author is here, I want to be there, just so that I can just have my name in their list and they can get updates from me when the time comes. So that's my second thing. And my third thing is um, just get an editor. I My original books and a big problem I had early on was I did my own editing, and I am apparently no good at copy editing. (laughs) <laughs> I had lots and lots and lots of errors. I continue to have lots of errors. I had the most insidious typos imaginable. I've slipped them past professional editors. So, um, like, don't trust your own editing, even if you are exceptional. Have at least another set of eyes look at it. And if you've got the money, get yourself an editor. They don't cost that much. And it, in my case, it added a full star to my average rating once I got the, the books fixed up. Wow. And you were keeping track of those reviews, right? Yep, I, I still do. <laughs> I still do. I look at the average star rating. I uh, Amazon has a thing called Author Central, which will, yeah. among other things, give you a uh, a list of the recent reviews on your books. So I'll flip through there every now and then and see what the most recent stuff is. So, yeah, I, I keep an eye on it. And it's important to do at least that. If you see, even if you don't read every review, if you skim through reviews and see that most people are complaining about the same thing, then that's a thing you need to work on. And I was getting a lot of complaints about grammar and typos. So Joe definitely is kicking things off the way we like to kick things off in talking about getting your mailing list started. So do it. 
A number of you have taken my challenge to email us when you set up your mailing list, and we're going to be signing up for those email lists this week, if not already, and wanted to say thank you for being active and in getting involved in signing, setting up your email list so that you can start to capture all of these readers that you have coming to your website and reading your books. And additionally, the other thing I want to point out is that Joe mentioned get an editor. Don't trust your own editing, he says. Now, as writers, we know that we're hopefully pretty good at writing, but getting somebody, a third party, is really always advisable. So great stuff from Joe Lalo. Now we hear from John Ty giving us some awesome insights. Okay, so the first one, I'm just going to reiterate something, but because, excuse me, because it's so important. The first thing is I would be much more conscious of building that email list. Uh, and I did start building a list from the beginning, but I didn't put as much effort in as I would have done had I really got my head around how important it is. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I know it's so important is because it's, it's through talking with Tim Page from, from Lee Pages and getting, uh, mm. <laughs> getting his insights. So that, that made me up my game. So uh, that's absolutely crucial. The second thing I would do is spend more time building a community around my books. And mm. this is where social media is useful. And, and the combination of an email list plus social media is, is ideal because you have a group or a page where you can interact with people through Facebook is a, is a great platform for that, but also have the emails as well. And the people that get involved in both are your ideal customers if you're selling anything on the back end and the people who are highly, highly likely to buy your books. And again, just deliver lots of value. It's a, it's all about relationship building and giving value. And then uh, the third thing would be to really to write more. Um, because I think one of the things that perhaps stops us writing, there's, there's a whole bunch of things and people procrastinate and claim to have writer's block and all sorts of stuff. But, but one of the underlying reasons is that we're not sure if it's going to work out, especially if you've been rejected a couple of times like I had. And uh, uh, so putting together, well, just bringing more books out. I mean, the, the, one of the best ways to sell more books is to write more books. And ideally, they should be in a related area, you know, a similar topic so that the people who bought one book are, are likely to want to jump across and buy the, the next book in the series. And once you've got multiple books, you can then start cross-promoting them. And that is huge. So, you know, building the email list, absolutely critical. Building a community of fans and followers who are, who are going to buy your stuff. And then uh, having multiple books that are linked in some way in terms of the, the subject matter or the genre and cross-promoting. So making sure that you tell people within the book that you've got other books in the series, having uh, links that you've put in at the back of the book with images that will take people through to the Amazon page or the Kindle page that they can buy. So those three things are really powerful because what they're doing with all of those things is what you're doing is kind of taking some control because obviously with Amazon, we, we give a lot of control over to Amazon as to how they promote our books by having a list, a community and being able to cross promote, you start taking some of that control back and, and you know, they're, they're really powerful ways of, of marketing your book and, building up that loyal base that is going to be the, the core audience and get your book 
showing up high on Amazon and by getting your book ranking high on Amazon, all sorts of new people will be introduced to it who wouldn't have seen it otherwise. And here we go with John Ty talking about what we know best around here at the Author Hangout is making sure you're setting up an email list. Got to do it. Do it today if you don't have one set up. Then he talks about lead pages, which is a fantastic tool that we use here at the Author Hangout in order to move people onto our email list. And you can use that as well for your platform. He also talks about spending more time building community around the books that you're creating. So utilizing social media to help people to learn and and know about what you're doing and in building community, that is simply building relationships. In building that relationship, that community around your book, you insulate yourself and help you to sell more books in the future because as the final thing that John mentioned is write more books. You can't stop at that first book. You need to continue to write more books. And then one of the things that he said that I don't want you to miss, he said when you are linking to your other books in your first, second, third book, linking to all the other ones, include images. People are very visually oriented, so you want to make sure that you include images with that. Great stuff from John Ty. Now, up next, we have Nick Cole sharing his insights. I definitely would have got, um, looking back on it, I did not have my, my, the funnel, what I call the funnel set up. And that, that okay. was a social media presence that led to a website that led to a mailing list, um, that allowed you to begin to collect all the people who are going to like your book. And there, you know, if you, if you do those steps, like I talked about, about writing your novel well, and buying the best um, cover that you can and restraining yourself from hitting publish the moment the manuscript's done. But tell yourself, you know, I'm going to go through this thing 20 times and I'm going to try to make it as close to Hemingway as I can get it. And then you build that funnel, your your business end, that it starts with a social media presence, leads to a website, which leads to a mailing list and has calls to action on the website for people to buy your books. That would be the first thing that I would do is is I would have had that system in place because the truth of it is those 80,000 readers, I effectively lost them once we republish um, under HarperCollins. And the crazy thing is Mm. not, it happens all the time. I will find, uh, I'll get a a tweet from somebody or an email and they'll be like, I had no idea you wrote another sequel. And this was like two uh, years ago and it's, it's, it's gone. And there's, I have literally contacted Amazon. I've tried everything that I can to like re and they're like, well, it's reintegrated. I'm like, no, it's not. Cause I can look at my Kindle and I can see the original thing doesn't link to anything. So it's lost and it's gone and it's whatever, you know, move on. So I would, I would definitely build that presence. And I would, um, I think a website that I'm going to plug is a website called third scribe, which is what I use to, to build my social media, my website and my mailing list. And we'll just, I'll shorten this answer and make that. Those are the three things, social media, website, mailing list, go to third, third scribe. It's run by some really great people, a guy named Rob McClellan, and he will get, and I'm not website savvy but he'll get you a fine looking website. He will work with you. He'll do everything. A lot of times you can just buy a website and there's no one really to help you or do stuff. The really cool thing about Rob is he actually does. If you, if you can't figure out how to resize that picture, he'll do it for you. He's a really cool guy. And it's, it's, it, it has revolutionized my web presence. I had another website 
and then I got this website with Rob and it was so it was so put together that I just dumped the other website. Real quick, 30 seconds. What is one thing that you're doing in social media that's really effectively helping to build your brand? I think always post a picture with whatever you, you mm. do. Always put a picture up. You know, try to don't just put up your novel and don't make it like you're selling. But in some way, shape or form, find an interesting picture and and link it to what you're talking about. And the other thing, too, is just be real. Don't be a sales machine. Talk about talk about you know, your book, try to find things like with soda pop soldier. I, I, I tried to talk about video gaming and call of duty and, and warfare and stuff like that, as opposed to just buy my book, buy my book. The problem with Twitter is it, it is overrun right now with people just saying, buy my book and it's yeah. play. Nick just hammers it home in talking about setting up a funnel. And that funnel looks like creating your social media, making sure your website is all set up, funneling people into your mailing list, and providing clear calls to actions for and when you want people to buy your books on your book pages. So in doing this, you really, again, are setting yourself up so that you are able to have the system in place that whether or not you're awake or you're asleep, people are able to move from interested party to subscriber to person buying your book and becoming a raving fan. And the final thing that Nick really hits home, and I love this, is within social media, be yourself. If you're talking about Call of Duty in your book, or if there's some sort of connection to video games or comic books or horses or pigeons or whatever it is, be yourself, have fun with it. Uh, you know, take it from me, you know, that last interlude of ridiculousness. Hey, that's me. And that's just me being myself. I hope you appreciated that. Now we have Tim Knox sharing some awesome stuff about what he feels about this question. I think the, there, there are a lot of things you, you need to be doing. But again, first and foremost, you, you've got to write. And don't, don't just write a book and then spend all your time trying to market that one book. You've got to keep writing. You know, that again, I keep referring to Hugh because he's such a, a brilliant case study here. You know, he would write a book, he would put it out there and immediately start the next book. You know, he didn't spend a year just trying to market one book. He was he was writing the entire time. And I think mm. that's a mistake that a lot of authors make is they write their their book they put it out there. It doesn't do anything. Then they spend a ton of time, time trying to figure out how to sell copies of that book. But then they have nothing to come in behind it. You know, mm. if I buy your book and I like your book, I want to read something else you've, you've written. And if you don't have anything else, guess what? I can't give you money. I can't buy more books from you. So, you know, you've got to keep writing and write every day. And I talked about this earlier. You know, if you're serious about this, you have to treat it as a job not as a hobby. You have to set some some goals for yourself. Maybe your goal is to sit down and just write 500 words a day. You know, find the time to do that. That's not a whole lot of words. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a matter that, okay, I'm going to block out two hours on Monday, Wednesday, Friday to write. I'm going to put that on my calendar. I'm going to commit myself to it. I'm going to find the time to write. And then you've got to, again, you've got to become a marketer. Start working on, you know, you should have a website. Your book should be on Kindle, should be on Amazon, of course, Goodreads. You know, start looking for uh, ways to promote the book. And one thing we haven't talked about, Sean, is getting reviews 
for your book. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's vitally important that you try to get good reviews for for your work because if someone goes to Amazon and sees your book, nine times out of ten, they're going to click on those reviews to see what other people say. And, you know, people believe other people before they believe you. <laughs> and so, you know, you've got to work on those reviews. Another thing that I would recommend is go to a website like Goodreads and get involved in the various forums and the various groups. Uh, I think community is a very important part of being an author now, uh, along with building those relationships with your readers. Build those relationships with other authors. Because, I mean, you know this, Sean, being an author is a very lonely business. Mm-hmm. And if you can find others, and I, again, I can't tell you how many authors that I've interviewed have told me that their their business uh, really started to click after they joined a writer's group or they joined a forum where they had other people to commiserate with and exchange ideas and that sort of thing. So, you know, those are the things that, that I would do now. Of course, social media is huge now. You've got to work on Twitter, Facebook, have a Facebook page for your book, you know, and, and keep that separate from your personal page where you post wacky pictures and, you know, stalk your uh, high school buddies. You know, you want a page dedicated just to your, your book and your writing. Um, another thing that I'm a big fan of is, uh, along with writing books, you've got to have a blog. That's just now nowadays I think a blog is just completely necessary if you're going to be an author. And you know, you don't have to go and post something every day, but two or three times a week, just write a paragraph or two about your thoughts or your experience or what's going on with you. Uh, again, build the content, build the community, build the relationships, and and just keep writing. And he talks about the first thing you have to write. And in fact, Tim Knox gives us a bunch of things, but just a couple of things that he shared here is that you have to write and keep writing. You you need to treat your writing like it's a job and not just a hobby. And in having that mindset, you are then beginning to see what it looks like to be a career author. That is having a career as an author and having that mindset then focuses your attention to say, this is what I'm going to do today because I am focused on this as it's my job. And now at the same time, you don't want it to be like overbearing where you're like, man, I hate writing, but do it, be focused. And with that, another thing that he talks about with this is get involved with readers and authors at communities like Goodreads. Goodreads is a fantastic place where you have lots of readers and you have lots of authors that you can connect with. And in so connecting, I recommend with that that you are very specific and targeted of the purpose of why you are going on Goodreads. If you're looking for more readers, well, connect with people who are more the readers on there and really get involved in in their in any way in order to help them to know who you are, what you're about, Don't tell them, buy my book, but just really genuinely connect with them. Now we have Adam Cushman sharing his insights on this question. The thing that I would be keeping in mind if I were self-publishing a book is that, okay, there there seems to be almost a fast food approach to a lot of this. And, you know, just companies that do it all for you um, and so forth. And and I think that's a mistake. I think that that can often lead to a very uh, generic you know, marketing campaign. Um, so in, as far as the actual writing of the book, yeah, I mean, write, write every day. You know, I, I don't think that 
that uh, there's one process that's right for every author. Like I was reading that Stephen King book on writing, um, yeah. which has a lot of useful information in it, but he posits that, you know, you need to be writing eight, nine hours a day because he does. And which is great for him. You know what I mean? I'm personally, I'm a writer. I, I try to do it as quickly as I can just because I can't sit still for more than an hour and a half. <laughs> you know, I got to do stuff. I got to get going. Um, so definitely, you know, consider that, um, consider the, you know, the, the, the film possibilities, you know, in, in what you're writing, think about it long-term. Um, basically the, the, the days of waiting for, uh, an agent or a producer to knock down your door are over, you know, if you're just, you have to be active and you have to be approaching them and, and, and trying to approach them in ways that are new that are going to get their attention. I mean, one industry secret for the most part is that producers just hate to read. You know, they, um, <laughs> they'll do anything to avoid it. So if, if you're thinking ahead mm. of time and you're thinking of ways to reach them, um, either by making very concise synopses or log lines, but also a trailer that, that not only shows the idea inside that book, but also shows producers that you know how to produce, uh, that, that can go a long way. You know, that can, that can really move people. Um, and, you know, I, I would say the same thing as far as, as the, the publishing aspect of that question. I mean, if you're, if you're doing it all on your own, just remember that you've got the job of like 50 people and, and you've got to do it and you've got to, you got to do it right. So like I, I, for example, know a lot of self-published writers who have self-edited their book. I just, I don't think it was meant to be done that way. I think have, having an editor is a good thing. Um, and, and, and a huge important part of the process, same with the proofreader and, and everything else promotion wise. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the trick is like, you know, promoting and if we're talking about social media, what social media really even is, because it's not going to work as a platform to advertise the way you think advertising is supposed to be done. I mean, it mostly works just by going in there and starting a conversation. And if you can do that and you can find a way to engage your audience in a conversational way, you're automatically spreading the idea of yourself and your novel and in a way that's certainly more pleasing, um, but just cuts down on the level of noise that's out there. Like I said, you know, I mean, you can go on on Twitter or Facebook and, and just see so much direct advertising, you know, buy my book, you know, you know like my page. And it just doesn't really work that way. So I would say definitely find ways to engage your audience in, in conversations and that sort of advertises for you. So Adam really hits things home for me in my life is he said, don't go the fast food route with your marketing. Over the last year, my family and I have chosen to stop eating at fast food restaurants. And I can tell you the lifestyle and also my health is a thousand percent better than what it was. And I say that to underscore this idea of not going the fast food route with your marketing. There are a thousand different things that everybody's doing and everybody's doing the same mantra and they're talking the same speak. But if you're going to be effective in your marketing, you need to do something that other people aren't doing. You need to up your 
places where you're going to get food. You need to create an atmosphere and an experience that people are able to connect with you more so than any other author out there. And it takes work, but I can tell you by choosing to not go the fast food route with your marketing, you are going to be able to not only sell more books, but you're going to make more impact and provide more value to the readers who you want to connect with And Adam further underscores this idea that if you want to engage your audience on social media, and you should, then you need to simply view it as starting conversations. Two years ago, when I wanted to really start getting social online, I went to Google Plus and I considered it as an opportunity for me to start conversations. And two years later, the result of that has been very impactful. There are people that I've met, connected with, interviewed that I would never have done so if I took a different approach on social media other than it being about starting conversations. So great stuff from Adam Cushman. Chandler Bolt gives us powerful ideas on this question. So let's listen in here. I would tell myself to, to just, number one, um, just just put the book out there. Um, number two, be more specific, even, even when you question it. Um, and then number three, do it again. (laughs) Like, Mm. you know, it it is people get so caught up in thinking that their first book is going to be the best book they ever write and the book, and it keeps them from ever starting. And, Mm -hmm. and we kind of just put the first book out there and then, from from seeing that and from being able to look back at it, you, you say, oh, cool, now I learned all these lessons and I can apply it to my next book. Um, but if you don't, it's a lot easier to learn by doing and then reflecting than it is just by trying to think it out because you're going to think, think, think your way to never publishing your book. And can you be more specific around about what you said, be more specific? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a mind bender. <laughs> um, yeah. So too many people go just way broad. And so this is something we did well with a productive person, um, not so well with some of the other books that we've done. Um, and, but we, I mean, we did it well with book launch. I'd say we did it well with productivity hacks for entrepreneurs, maybe breaking out of a broken system is the only one we didn't do this well with it is be really specific. Um, so people worry about being specific and cutting off part of their market but you'll notice mm. that a lot of the books that do well, especially self-published books, are ones that are specific. So if, I'll give you an example. So time management is a big competitive category. And if you just go and yep. write a generic time management book, you're not going to get any traction. But with, with ours, what we did is, is the productive person, it's productivity hacks and schedules for entrepreneurs or people who control their schedule and, and want more mm. work-life balance. So like very target market. Um, mm. So we carved out an unserved niche in there. And so, so many people, I see them come to me and they're like, oh, I want to write this book about um, pursuing your passion, how to live your dreams and, and uh, how to live your dreams, work doing your passion and what, like that's, I've heard a million people say that book title, you know, Mm. and that's what, that's the book that everybody wants to write, but you have to drill down further. And so with one of our students, she, it, it was called, oh gosh, it was called Reach Your Peak, um, it was like fulfill your passion, um, live the life. It's something like something to that effect, just super generic. And so we drilled down. I started asking her questions like, "What what is your book really about? What is the one benefit that the reader is going to get from get from reading this book? Like, what do you actually want to happen in their mind when they read this book? Stuff like that. Um, right. And then from that, we got it to it's called Go Solo. 
So it, it's how to quit the job you hate and start a small business you love. Um, so that was, that's way more specific. Um, and that was the same book. She'd already written the book. Um, mm. So it, it was the same positioning on an existing book. So when you have that book written, um, don't, you know, don't sell it short, short by giving it a super uh, generic title or positioning. Don't be afraid to drill down because you think you're going to carve out part of the audience and you're going to miss people, but actually you're going to specifically hit the right people. So simple stuff and concise. Three things, get the book out there, be more specific, keep doing it. Drilling down into being more specific, he talks about not going so broad, but narrowing your niche. That is looking for underserved target markets that you want to specifically hit the right people. And in so doing, yes, you might be afraid that you're going to lose some people, but ultimately you're providing opportunity for yourself because you're not going after what everybody else is going after. You're going after a very specific targeted niche of people and a genre that maybe there are not a lot of readers, but those readers are passionate about that reading because they themselves are a community and they know, well, I'm kind of an odd person. I only like this specific genre. And if you write in that, you may find yourself getting more opportunities and selling more books with a very rabid fan base. And now Steven Spatz wraps things up you know, again, it's going to vary between if you're a fiction or not nonfiction. I'll, I'll go back again to this to this one example, which was obviously not nonfiction. She, when she started writing, she had the solution, right? And and she she knew the people who had who had the problem as it, as it were the issue. They needed to learn how to drive. And so I don't know if if she wrote wrote exactly to that marketplace. I think she just like downloaded all, all her ideas. But the <laughs> fact that she started the book. The very beginning, by knowing, really, and again, maybe not not overtly, but but she, but she must have known that eventually the customer who is going to buy this is going to be, you know, the guy, or the the girl who needs to drive, or the family member who's so sick and tired of taking them on driver's lessons, <laughs> they need to have that book. So you know, authors, when even before they start to to write a book, they probably want to know well. W- w- what what potential marketplace? And so, I mean, frankly, investigating what other books and genres there are out there. The fact that there would mm-hmm. be other, you know, it's it's always good news. And this this is sound sound for maybe contrary. Let's just say that I'm going to write a book about um, World War II airplanes um, flown by dragons. I don't know how I came up with that. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's no other book in the world that would be that would be about World War II airplanes being flown by dragons. But that's bad news because if, if nobody else even knows that that's a subgenre, you're probably not going to get any readers. However, let's expand it back out. World War II airplanes. Well, there's tons of books about that. The fact that there are a lot of people reading about your broad subject area is the best news of all. And by that, by, by that you can see who is reading it. You know, what kind of people are doing the reviews at Amazon for those kinds of books? Don't be afraid that there's a hundred, if there's a thousand more books, be heartened by that because you're going to put your own spin on mm. your own personality. Your cover will be different. Your topics will be different. Your writing style, your characters, they'll all be different. But people are already, you know, heavily invested in either that genre, that time period, or something about that book. I think you can learn a lot by the reviews on Amazon and on Goodreads about the kind of books that will, are most close 
to your own book. So, I mean, that's a real tangible way to find out mm-hmm. who that target customer is going to be. Don't be afraid that you're imitating or being a me too. There, there is no such thing as an identical book. You know, yes, yes. Now, maybe two people would do, a, you know, two books about World War II airplanes and dragons. But you know what? There are all kinds of different World War II airplanes and probably all kinds of different <laughs> dragons. So you can still have a similarity. Um, I don't know how I came up with that ridiculous example. Neither do I. And you're going to write one book, and I'll write the other, and we'll all see. Right. What, we'll see what can sell. Yes. But again. <laughs> You know, we as marketers, we love to use competitive, you know, in, or you know, we love to use the intelligence that's already out there in the marketplace that we can go out to it. And any author can go out there and look and see what kind of person is reading these and doing the reviews on these. So in developing your ideal reader, Stephen outlines some very practical steps that you can do in order to develop your ideal reader. And you can listen in again to why we think it's important, but one of the things that he mentions is investigate other books in the genre of those who are reading in your broad genre. So if you're writing a book in business or if you're writing a book on romance, well, check out all of the books in romance and uh, in business that are doing really well. And then by investigating that, you're able to see what readers want, who they are, how they are responding to that particular author, what they like, they don't like. And with that, in reading the reviews from the other books that are out there, you get a sense of what people are looking for. And that takes shape of this ideal reader, this maybe even a persona, you might want to call it, of who you're ultimately trying to target. Because in your marketing, if you are focused broadly on an ideal reader, you may not hit them properly and you may not market them effectively because you're trying to get everybody. So in so doing of this ideal reader, developing your ideal reader, make sure you're investigating books, check out reviews, and understand as Stephen wraps things up with is that there's no such thing as an identical book because there is no such thing as an identical person unless you're a twin and it's identical twins. But anyways, You are a unique individual and you're going to take a spin that is going to be different and unique to your book. So make sure you do that ultimately by developing that ideal reader. So thanks again for taking time to listen into this episode, Book Marketing Tips from Experts by The Author Hangout. It's part two. We're going to have a third part next week. And I do want to say as we wrap things up and say goodbye, we'd so appreciate it if you took some time now, right now, to go and rate and review this podcast. We have hundreds of thousands of listeners that listen in every week and we would so appreciate if you took some time and uh, did a review for us on iTunes. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time and we'll see you next time on The Author Hangout. Thanks for listening to The Author Hangout. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to get the new episodes delivered directly to your device. Watch the video from this episode and get the transcript at theauthorhangout.com. The Author Hangout is brought to you by bookmarketingtools.com. So we'll see if RJ catches that major mistake and my ramblings of trying to figure out what I'm going to say.